This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. This is Sylvester McCoy. Uh, you're listening to Who Made Who, and uh, Me Made Me. And uh, my mother and father did the same. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Ben Knight, and we are here to talk more Doctor Who Series 12. It's episode 6 called Praxius. And uh, I've got some thoughts and feelings about this one, Ben. I was a uh, little bummed about it. Tell, tell, tell us all about it. Come on. Yeah, should I should I get down on the, on the therapy tell, yeah, couch here? On. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got my clipboard and a, and a pen. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe we should, <laughs> maybe we should run down the events of the episode first, and then uh, I'll tell you why I just didn't have a good time watching this one. I just, I just, I wanted to rush ahead to doing the um, oh, displacement th- theory speech from the Adams Family movie. <laughs> well, we can't, we can't skip all of the fun, Ben. The fun that oh. is the recap of the episode. Off with you. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so the Doctor and her companions investigate a bacterium that covers human bodies in a crystalline substance before disintegrating them. Aided by ex-police officer Jake, blogger Gabriella, and medical researcher Suki, they find Jake's husband Adam in the early stages and take him to Suki's lab to evaluate while Yaz and Gabriella explore the site where they found Jake, eventually finding a teleport to an alien location. The doctor determines the bacterium is drawn to microplastics. But don't worry, it's not those creatures from that first uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher Eccleston episode. Although they, she does reference them. Yeah. Um, what are they called? The the uh, auto, um, autotons or something? Or, something like that, yeah. yeah. Autons, maybe. Autons, that's it, yeah. Uh, Suki reveals she is from uh, an alien race devastated by the bacterium they called Praxius. They'd come to Earth to evaluate it further in search of a cure while the doctor finds a cure for humans using a willing atom to test it it cannot stop praxis from affecting suki and soon disintegrates her traveling to yaz's location they find that they are under the indian ocean garbage patch where Suki's ship is located. I did not know there was a garbage patch in the Indian Ocean, but... Actual fact. Hmm. There is. Learned, Discovered I, in 2010. I did learn something. Doctor Who's still educating uh, children and adults with the mind of children 
uh, every <laughs> week. Uh, they load the ship's reserves with the antidote and set the ship to self-destruct in the atmosphere to disperse it, but Jake willingly pilots the vessel when the autopilot fails. The Doctor materializes the TARDIS around him, saving him moments before the explosion. With Praxeus stopped, the Doctor suggests that Jake, Adam, and Gabriella travel the world together. The mm-hmm. end. What did you think of Praxeus, Ben? Uh, um, eh, why don't you go first? <laughs> well, my first thought was, what happened to everything last week? <laughs> We predicted that there would be an absence of... We did. Story but moment. I was... We did because I... You know, like, we knew it. Because there there was already a next week on. But the way that Fugitive of the Jadoon ended... It ended in such a way that it's like, well, that can't just be the ending of this. They, they'll have to keep exploring it. The Doctor just found out there's another Doctor. Uh, but she does not recognize her... And the other doctor does not recognize our doctor. So there's a huge mystery here. What could it be? Well, uh, there's a microplastics bacterium. Let's, Let's go look at that for now. Forget about this other really interesting thing. Let's go do this less interesting thing instead. It just seemed so weird to me. Like, And the doctor as a character, that doesn't feel like something... That just doesn't, that, I don't know, that felt like too big of a story, uh, like a shift in what's going on. Like some things are like, uh, like a shift within a story, like things that happen within an episode. This felt like some sort of thing that was bigger than the episode. Like this is affecting Doctor Who mythology. This is really big. And then they don't follow up on it the next week. It's weird. It's like if. We didn't really enjoy Spy- Spyfall Part 2 all that much compared to the, the first part, but I think I would have been pretty upset if Spyfall Part 1 ended and then they just went to another episode and didn't follow up <laughs> with what with what happened at the end of Spyfall Part 1. Uh, it just, All of it, it just seemed like they were setting up something super-duper interesting and there was no real resolution between the two Doctors. They were just like, well... You, I, I agree. This is weird. Well, let's go. Let's go about our merry ways. And, you know, if we ever run into each other again, we will like, let's not try to figure this out. Uh, it all just felt a little weird to me, even though I knew this next episode wasn't going to be tied to it. I somehow hoped explanation though, isn't it? I, yeah. I somehow hoped by the end of the episode, we'd get something like a, a, um, like I, I recall, maybe I'm re- misremembering cause it's been a little bit since I've gone through like David Tennant's run, but I could have swore they had like every now and again, they'd have little hints about like bad wolf or things mm. like that. So, something like a hint that something was coming, uh, and it was tied to something else or something bigger. Um, uh, they didn't really do anything in this episode that had anything remotely to do. This was <laughs> very much a standalone episode that didn't even reference anything. I don't think. Uh, from but, what which we is exactly did. what we predicted, though. That if we go back is. and listen to our last podcast, that's literally how we described what this episode was likely to be. It is. But I it just was, hated it being right. <laughs> yeah, I just hated yeah. being right. Uh, I was hoping that they would find a way, but yeah, it was just it was nothing, and I was, you know, we I think we knew it, but I didn't realize how much 
it made me not care about this episode. Like this very quickly turned into uh, me looking at my phone a lot during this episode. Mm. Uh, you know, like, uh, it, you know, it's not like this episode wasn't without its charms here and there, but this just, I don't know, after giving me such a big episode with such a big, important thing, not following up on it in any way, this episode just sent me a message of like, well, they're not referencing the big, important stuff. So this, whatever happens in this episode, isn't big or important. And my mind started just tuning out. Uh, so much so, like, there's, there isn't anything in here that, other than, uh, I think there's maybe like a couple of moments in here uh, reading about what happened where I don't specifically remember that remember it happening, but for the most part, the big larger outline, I remember it, but it just didn't leave much of a lasting memory. That's all. Uh, what did you think of Praxius? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the positives that I think you can take out of it are that it didn't do the kill your guys trope, which would have been pretty easy and actually quite on brand for Doctor Who um, of late to, to do that. So uh, Jake survives, which was nice. Um, <laughs> the Although it's a pretty unsympathetic character, I rather thought, but anyway. A little bit, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, well, he's doing the right thing. Off you, off you, off you, off you trot. Go on. <laughs> um, but there you go. Uh, and, the you know, it's upset nerds about the issue about when the TARDIS can and cannot materialize around somebody in that situation because the history of Doctor Who is littered with um, complicated issues about that. Um, it left me slightly irritated that... I think because I'm expecting some big callback moment or some big sort of, you know, big plot point in, in episodes. I'm always looking for something. So like Suki Chen um uh could have uh could have been um somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um she you know instead she's quite a dull character. I was sort of half expecting, you know, the the, the best um female mad scientist in Doctor Who history of course is the Rani. Yes. Um and I thought that might be sort of fun or whatever. Um but you know it wasn't to be. Um the the one thing beyond that that I think has got to be said about this is that this uh, this series has had a lot of grief, quite rightly when you consider Orphan 55, for the way it does real-life issues and the fact that it gets a bit preachy and, you know, um, we've got to remember that we all live on one planet and we must look after it and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, this episode, although it dealt with the microplastics thing, uh, and you know, it incorporated a very much a real world issue in terms of the Indian Ocean garbage patch. Um, I actually thought it did it rather well. It wasn't um, preachy. It was, it was just simply part of the construct of the story. Yeah, and th that's how it should be done. Um, so I'm quite, I'm quite keen on that. I do think that Pete McTie's episodes are better. Than uh, than a lot of others, Chibnall is seemingly better when he's, you know, script editor or, um, or or whatever else. When he's, you know, he's an assistant effectively in the writing process and not taking the the front seat. So, um, you know, th there's, there's definitely some advantages to it. I enjoyed the fact that we jump around in you know lots of different 
locations. There's quite a lot of um, Team TARDIS separate scenes, and you know, finally we're seeing um, people being given stuff to do again. So, yes, um, you know, it's nice to see uh, Ryan and Yasmin having and Graham having their own actual plots and advancing the story. So mm-hmm. a lot of what was in this episode was was fine, but it it was entirely predicted and predictable that it would be a damp scrub episode in terms of you know nothing really happening in it and it being wholly standalone. But it somehow still um just felt a little bit eh because we're now sitting there waiting in anticipation of you know all of the answers to the various what the fucks that arose from the last episode. Yeah, um, I don't entirely understand how we got from the end of the last episode to the start of this one with literally no mention at all of any of um, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you know she just retconned the whole TARDIS and just went, yeah, I'll, I'll just deal with this another day. Um, actually, I wouldn't put it past her. She's a bit a bit liberal with her retconning, isn't she? This Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so don't know. Um, again, I mean, a good guest performance from um, what's his chops, uh, uh, Warren uh, Brown, who I mean, he was again, if you're for British uh, TV, he's known for Luther and uh, the original Shameless, and not the US the, version, of course, not, not the US one. Um, I think he was in Hollyoaks as well, which is horrendous but anyway um yeah so the, the good good performances from people but nothing stand out it was meh, it was what it was yeah uh i mean my the biggest thing i've taken away from this episode is uh really nothing to do with this episode uh in learning <laughs> about the indian ocean garbage patch mm. i've since learned that there there so there are five major stretches of ocean on earth mm-hmm. or zones and according to the article on the indian ocean garbage patch there are in fact and i love the wording here trash vortices in each five major like stretch of like anywhere on earth there's a major stretch of the ocean there is a big trash like just a vortex kind of makes sense that's just horrible <laughs> But mm. not unsurprising, but holy cow. Uh, it's, it's, it's daft, isn't it? That, yeah. you know, people find it objectionable that, um, that Doctor Who even raises these issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, I, and again, I think in this one, it wasn't done in a particularly preachy way, but it hasn't stopped the usual um, parts of the press complaining about it. And you kind of think, well, you know, what's so wrong with this show pointing out that, you know, every stretch of ocean yeah. on the planet has got a massive swirling pile of yeah. plastic now, garbage. Yeah, know? and polymers and whatever else. Look, uh, it's, I mean, I did learn it, but I learned it in the way where you're like, you know what, like subconsciously, like I knew that this existed. Like, mm-hmm. I know we pollute the oceans. I know that we dump a bunch of shit into it. Uh it's just one of those things where they just lay it all out in front of you and I'm like, you don't quite grasp it. And they're mm-hmm. like, there are massive trash vortexes in every part of the ocean. Uh, it doesn't sink in fully. Like that's when you really learn it. 
you know, yeah. that sort of thing. It's one of those things where it's like, wow, space is big, but you don't really learn it until like you've traveled to the moon and you see how small earth is, uh, mm. that sort of thing by comparison. Uh, it's yeah. I, uh, realize that that has very little to do with this actual episode, but, uh, that is definitely my biggest takeaway from it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and also that, uh, I learned that, uh, even though you expect something to happen, you can still somehow be disappointed by it. So that's fair. Yeah. Uh, like, like you said, we expected this to happen. So, you know, it was weird, like going into it. Like I, I did kind of expect it, but there was like the, you know, we've mentioned it already. There's like a sliver where I thought for sure they would at like, maybe at the end, there'd be some sort of teaser for something, but nothing. It just, you know, here's next week. And next week, by the way, again, looks like it has probably nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it looks like that's all we're going to get until episodes nine and 10, where it seems like we'll finally get some resolution to this, but, um, I don't think it would hurt them to put in a thing here or there. Uh, kind of hinting at it. Yeah. Letting us I mean, know that it's looming. Was it, um, hmm, can't remember whether it was Tennant or Smith, probably Smith, I think, where we had the, you know, the random sort of clips of things that were happening elsewhere that were without context. Yeah. You know, the sort of eye looking through the, um, the hole in the door and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even just the sort of nod in that direction. I don't know. Because one thing sci-fi fans like, even even sort of Whovian end of sci-fi, is stuff to theorize about. Yeah. I mean, like as we record this, we've just done a big record on uh, on the Star Trek podcast. Yeah. And there's so many little clues in there that, you know, have just entertained us for, for a whole bunch of time to, you know, to, to speculate about. Yeah. Who's perfect for that? But there's just nothing... Nothing yeah. being given to us. I mean, uh, you know, when we record the uh, the Star Trek pod, uh, even with Discovery, especially with Discovery, we had a bunch of theories and uh, insights and stuff about that show as well. And, I mean, part of it is because they are not doing episodic. Um, or they're not mm. doing, they are doing episodic programming. They're not doing standalones. Like, every episode leads to the next. So, of course, you'll be able to have more... Uh, the ability to theorize a little bit more. Um, mm. But when Dr. Who and Dr. Who is not always doing episodic either. They, they uh, Peter Capaldi had like a season where there was like a bunch of two parters uh, yeah. and things like that. So it was a little bit different, but you know, even when we talked about uh, the stuff with like the Matt Smith season or like David Tennant with the bad wolf stuff, uh, mm. all of those things were, they weren't necessarily episodic episodes. Like they weren't like this led to this, which led to this, which led to this, but they did put little things in there that allowed you to theorize. Cause there was an overarching exactly. story that was going on, even though some of the episodes were standalone, uh, there was an overarching story that was going on and it feels like we're supposed to have one for this series. I, I think that's a very good way of expressing it. Yeah. It feels like it's missing. Yeah. It's like conspicuous in its absence. Somehow. And, you know, I, I think it bears out that the Star Trek episodes tend to be about raw without any of the, 
without like the ads or any of the audio or any of that other stuff, just the raw recording is usually around like 45 minutes of us talking. And here Mm. we've extended things out and we haven't hit 20 yet. So, uh, we've done like less this than half the time. why we need the Etsy game back. Yeah. I mean, it, look at this rate, Ben, uh, <laughs> look, you're going to get, you're going to get a chance to see episode seven before I do. If it has nothing to do with the overarching story that they've been setting up, feel get free to pull up, up some Etsy. stuff for Etsy. Yes. Cause we'll need to fill yeah. some time, uh, yeah. next week. Cause there's just not a lot to talk about with this episode. Uh, it was competent, but pretty dull. And didn't have anything to do with the interesting stuff that they set up last week. So, yeah. Uh, what would you give? Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, I've, I've even found myself um, lately going back and picking sort of random multi-passes from classic Who. And it occurred to me that the reason I was doing it was I was kind of craving some old-fashioned Doctor Who with yes plots and stuff. Uh, and that's... <laughs> I, well, I, I, even during Capaldi's run, I never had that feeling at all. Um, no. I, I think Capaldi will be, uh, I think it's quite maligned as, as the Doctor in, in many ways. But I think history um, will will look more fondly on Yeah, I think time. he'll be seen as a wasted opportunity, I think, for overall, I think, Capaldi. But um, yeah, I, I just think we're in slightly disappointing territory and we shouldn't be. Because mm-hmm. the raw materials are all here to do this, uh, you know, to, to, to do something really impressive and uh, it just feels like it's being squandered I, and I do I think really the only person you can lay the blame at the door of um, has got to be Chibnall this is mm-hmm. you know this is his show right now and he's not doing a very good job of of keeping people who want to be um, uh, want to be taken on this journey he's not doing a very good job of keeping them engaged yeah um, this this show, by the way, the second lowest audience appreciation or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's yeah. not appreciation; it's it's something else. But um, whatever it is, but it was the, the fourth uh, on the live viewings. It was like the f- fourth uh, highest show, but that's for a Sunday evening. So it's like it's on as we're recording. It's on literally more or less right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is very little that it's competing against. Yeah. The only thing that this was uh, rated lower than uh, the only thing that rated lower than this one was Orphan Fifty Five, which yeah. you know in or Orphan Fifty Five's favor, I I paid attention throughout that whole episode. So mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it by the end of it, but um, I still paid it. This may, episode may have been better than that one, but mm-hmm. because of the circumstances, uh, I did not pay that much attention to this episode. So. Uh, speaking mm. of scores, Ben, what would you give uh, episode six? Um, uh, it's it's absolutely average. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. Uh, yeah. The definition of average for me. Uh, by yeah. the way, uh, to the surprise of nobody, Fugitive of the Jadoon last week, uh, the highest score of any episode from this series. So, and well-deserved, yeah. Uh, and it managed to uh, go up, by the way, in the viewership numbers. Well, uh, it generated a lot of press, didn't it? Yeah, like the numbers were going down every episode until that one, and then they went back up again. Mm. So, I mean, some of that's got to be like, 
you know, Jack Harkness. So people were like, oh my God, the from the doctor that I liked the most. And then they went back oh, and gave it a watch. But yeah, and then obviously, yeah, raised a, a lot of questions and was very interesting. <laughs> Maybe they'll look at this pattern, and for next for the next series, they'll uh, they'll change it up a little bit. They'll be like, "Oh, maybe if we do something interesting and intriguing, and do a lot of that, people mm. will watch." <laughs> maybe maybe that's cracking the code there. Well, what is interesting um, in terms of you know this theory that it's all down to having the female doctor mm-hmm. um, is that the uh, the the wider universe is exploring that I think probably more successfully Um, this week we've had I think the release if if not maybe pre-order for River Phoenix sorry River Phoenix River Song Uh, yeah (laughs) River Phoenix River Song uh, (laughs) meeting 13 Um, and also we've just had the announcement of uh, Sophie Aldred's book from okay, that's not uh, that's not big finish. That's in the the book world uh, of her. Um, so that would be Ace from the Sylvester McCoy era. Yes, uh, meeting thirteen. So mm-hmm. you know, other more interesting stuff seems to be going on. Yeah. And you know, if you're if you're Chibnall, you've got to be worried that other people who do not have your resources uh, and haven't been given the sort of trust that you've been given to be the showrunner for this, you've got to be worried if other people are doing this better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like they hit the right note sometimes, but, you know, the the song as a whole hasn't been great. Um, it's a coin toss as yeah. to whether an episode is going to deal with anything that it tries to deal with well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that doesn't fill any view with confidence. And I think no. if you're a sci-fi fan, maybe as opposed to a sort of casual viewer, particularly in the younger demographic, sci-fi fans always want to feel like they're in competent hands by the people who are creating the show that they give so much time and attention to. Yeah, And, uh, you know, I, I just don't feel that at all from uh, from Chibnall. And it, I thought it may be because of, you know, the fact that it, was, it wasn't the smoothest handover and everything else. But he's running out of his grace period, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think... Uh... A lot of that sentiment is is now bubbled over. Um, most of the super angry voices about like I'm never going to watch a girl doctor. Most of that stuff is has faded, and yeah. the vast majority of the negativity that I've seen are like, well, Jody's great, the cast is great, it's, the writing's not that great, or the mm-hmm. story ideas aren't that great, or how can you not follow up on such a good idea that you started, uh, or at least not follow up on it right away? Like clearly they did not do the last episode uh, with the idea of never following up on it, but doing, uh, at this point now, it'll be, what, three? The feeling I have is that it's going to be three episodes of nothing to do with it, and then they'll come back around to it without even so much as a hint. I, you know, I thought maybe, well, maybe it's a UK thing. Maybe they think about their TV differently, but uh, no. I'm talking to you, and right now you're telling me no, that is not the case. So yeah. I also don't like this. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll we haven't seen the episode yet. Uh, you know, Ben, maybe we'll just do once you've watched the episode. Don't tell me anything about it. It's just once you've watched the episode, just message me and either write Etsy or no Etsy. Deal. <laughs> and then I that, will do that. that's that's what I'll, <laughs> that's what I'll know. 
Uh, then at least you'll know what you're going into. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so uh, that's the episode for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, any great podcast listener anywhere. Uh, just search for Who Made Who. Hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about more Series 12. It'll be Episode 7. It's called Can You Hear Me? Can You Hear Me?